Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. And so we're going to continue on a little bit just in the role of the Holy Spirit and something, you know, that uh, a scripture that Pastor Mark actually spoke on uh, last week. And so we're going to get to that in John 16, 13. Jesus says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak of his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. So he's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you about things that are just to come. And, and Pastor Mark gave a, a word actually during our Wednesday, our first Wednesday service. And he really felt like he says, hey, I, I feel like the Lord's telling me if you're on the fringe Y'all know to be on the fringe of something. That means to be on the edge, something far away from its center. He's like, hey, if you're on the fringe of Christ or on the fringe of just, you know, being all in, he says, hey, man, what God's bringing the church through, what's coming, you know, down these years, y'all see it. You guys, you know what I'm talking about, a little bit more season. You see the changes that are kind of coming this way toward the church. And he says, hey, if you're on the fringe, man, you're just, you're going to have a hard time making it. And really he talked about God's time is about being all in right now. Come on, we need to be all in, am I right? We need to move from the, the, the fringe, we need to move closer to the sun. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, about being all in, because just enough is not enough. And so I'm going to look at uh, uh, a scripture, but before that, you know, you know, I was thinking about being all in. I've got all these girls, i got four girls, five boys, but I'm not, as a father... None of them are married. The oldest is 22. The youngest is three. Lord Jesus. But I'm not raising those girls to be married to a man that's going to be 80% in to being married to her. Am I right? Come on, parents. And the same thing for the men. I, I'm not raising those young men to, to give their heart, their whole life to, to another woman or, or to, to say, you know what, I, I'll be 70% in, but the other 30%, I'm going to have my other relationships, see other things. How many know that that's a problem? Okay, somebody, can you imagine giving the, uh, the wedding vows, you know, at the end, you know, they're talking about till death do us part. I mean, we're laying it on the line. Can you imagine if some of the vows were like, do you solemnly swear to do just enough? <laughs> I mean, you know that that's a train wreck waiting to happen. Now, they might have said, I'm all in, but listen, we're going to find out how many of you have been married for more than a year. You're going to find out whether or not you were all in when you said those vows. Am I right? Come on, it's the same way with the Lord. The Bible's very clear that actually that we're being prepared to marry Jesus, and the Father is going to present the church. Listen to us, and how many know that he wants to present a church that's all in and that's not 80% in? Am I right? Am I right? And so, look, we've got to take advantage of every service. Every time we get up in the morning, we got to be all in because just enough, doing just enough, listen, and we're going to read the scripture, is just not enough. And so we're going to look at uh, Matthew 25, 
Jesus is talking about in Matthew 25, he, he likens the kingdom of heaven to this. He says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids, or one of them says 10 virgins. So he says, hey, the kingdom of God is going to operate like this. It's going to happen now, 2,000 years ago. It's going to be like this when I return. And he says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins or 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Now, he goes on to tell them what's, why they were wise and why they were foolish. And he says this, the five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. So whatever reason is, whatever their reason is, and it wasn't money because we find out that they had enough money to go back and buy some more. So whatever the reason is, it says they just didn't buy enough. But then it says the five who were wise... It says, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. I mean, think about it. These ladies had prepared themselves their whole life. I mean, kept themselves pure. And they're being married to this groom, and this man that they're giving their life to. But five of them decide to skimp a little bit and say, you know what? I'll do just enough. But the other five, they said, hey, this is our whole life. We're all in. We're going to buy extra whatever it takes. We're going to be married to this man. You know, I thought about this skimping. That word, that definition to skimp means to give insufficient attention or effort to or funds for. To not use enough of something in order to do a job or activity as it should be done. Come on now, men. Some of you ladies too. Now, how many of you ever get into a job and you skimp something at the beginning? You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, this is fine. Or you put a little less money. You don't put all the effort into whatever it tells you to do. And then it ends up costing you more in the end. Am I right? Come on. There's some things that you can skimp on. We call it, you know, bringing out the duct tape. Some of you are duct tape people. At my house, we used to call it Jerry Rig, but now, listen, we call it Terry Rig. That's what Amy calls it. it to my own shame, but that is what she calls it, you know. Terry Rigging this thing. Now, there are some things that we might skimp on in life, but I'm going to tell you this. These five virgins, one thing we can't skimp on is eternal, the kingdom of God. Man, listen, we, uh, Pastor Mark took us... It took us, Lord Jesus, he, we went to the Buffalo River, okay, and he said, hey, we're going to be primitive camping and out there three days, no electricity, whatever you bring in is what you're eating and all this, and I had never been anything like that. That's right up Pastor Mark's alley, but that ain't up my alley, you know what I'm saying? And so, but that's fine, that's great, and I want to tell you this, it, it was the Buffalo River, and people say, well, did you canoe or kayak? We didn't canoe the Buffalo, we didn't kayak, we paddled. The, the Buffalo River. I mean, the, the water was down. And I mean, I think it was like 25 miles of paddling. It was a lot of work, okay? So anyway, taking all this thing in, I'm thinking, I ain't never been in like this. I was the one who packed the most of everything. Man, I wanted to make sure. And I listen, I eat good at the house. And I said, man, I ain't doing none of them frozen, you know, whatever it is, uh, whatever those meals in a bag. I said, man, I brought my onions. I brought all the food, all this kind of stuff. And listen, man, I even had this... Uh, this thing, this charger that was a solar panel charger that rolled out, you know, that I could charge my phone and all this stuff. But listen, I, I spent all this money on stuff, but one thing I skimped on that I shouldn't have was my tent. 
I'm just telling you, there's some things you want to skip on, and it probably should have been that charger, okay? But I decided there was this little tin. I mean, have y'all, we're coming up on Christmas. Y'all seen Charlie Brown's Christmas tree? All right, if Charlie Brown had a tent, it would have looked like this, okay? I'm telling you, I mean, it was barely up. I mean, it folded like this. And I remember I had to crawfish in. You could only get in one way and come out one way. And I remember as I slept, I was like, God, this is terrible. I, I mean, listen, the sides drooped so much and I, they, were just, they were touching me while I'm sleeping and stuff. <laughs> if you would have been claustrophobic, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you would have just slept under the stars. And I want to tell you this, and I've not only skimped on, there's something, okay, if you're going to skimp on the tent, don't skimp on the rain fly that goes on the tent, okay? Let me just, but I skimped on the rain fly too. Listen, it started raining on the third day, and I'm going to tell you, first off, it was like being in an MRI machine, and when it rained, it for sure enough sounded like it was an MRI machine, Okay. It was terrible and stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was begging Jesus. I said, God, and this is honest truth. I said, Lord, in the middle of the night, it was like 3 a.m. pouring down. Rain. I said, God, give me Pastor Mark's anointing to change the weather right now. Just <laughs> surround my tent. That's the truth. I said, surround my tent, God, with your favors, with a shoe. I could care less about anybody else. But God, I'm asking you, <laughs> Lord, that is true. I really prayed that. And uh but the only reason, listen, the only reason I was thinking this was miserable, but the only reason I could keep, I, I had hope is the fact that I was only doing this for three nights. Now, these ladies, they're spending their whole life with this man and they're skimping on it. You know, but one thing that I knew that I was spending my whole life with was with my wife. And I'll tell you this, when, when she finally agreed to marry me, and she, we had dated for three years. She's like, yeah, we started talking about marriage. And then she said, Terry, she said, I want a ring. She said, I just want one diamond. I want a princess cut. That's what I want. I had no idea what a princess cut is. I had no idea, but I just know I'm looking for a rock, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I went and sold my car. And then, listen, sold my car, took that money, went up to a jeweler, and I just put it on the table. I said, how much can I buy for one rock, a, a princess cut for this money right here? I was all in. <laughs> now, what the funny thing is, is I did propose to her, but I couldn't take her home after it was over and stuff. Now, I say that it's all truth. We've all skimped on kind of certain things, but we cannot skimp. Listen, you can't skimp on your daily devotions, day in, day out, and you're skimping on your relationship with the Lord. It's going to cost you in the end. It's going to cost you. In verse 5, it says this, When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So that tells me, listen, that Jesus is not on our timetable. He's on his, and he will arrive when he's ready. And it's, I, I, I see this as the mercy of God. You know, it says that there was a long delay. What, the, what should have been happening is when those women realized that, man, this is longer than what we thought. Instead of sleeping and slumbering, they should have got up and right then and gone to the store and got in and said, no, what, we need to be all in. We've skimped on some stuff, but we need to be all in before the groom comes. It's just the truth. You know, I was thinking about that long delay is like suffering. Man, we come on, we can say we're all in, but man, when you start suffering, 
How many know that, that you found out you were 100%, but when you started suffering, how many know you realized it was kind of 80 or 70% in a certain area? Come on, we can declare, I'm all in at loving people like you do. Jesus, I'm all forgiven until this certain person enters your life. Or some kind of offense happens, and then you realize, man, really, and that's what suffering does. It kind of locates you and tells you this is where you are. And instead of running during suffering, we need to run to the throne of grace and receive help in our time of need. Receive oil. That's what it says. Go to those who, who sell oil. Man, it's only Jesus. We come to Jesus. That's why these times at the altar, when Pastor Mark is saying, hey, let's press into the kingdom of God. If some of you come down the altar, if you have some, man, that's when you want to make the most of it and have the kingdom of of God pressed into your life, man, going from 80 to 90 to 100 percent. First Peter 1 says this, so be truly glad there's wonderful joy of head, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. He says these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's like the trials are going to show you what percent that you are, where you're at. Oh, no, this is it. No, they're 100 percent. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is more, far more precious than mere gold. Listen, the most precious thing that you have in your life, the most valuable thing is not the title that you wear at work or what's parked in your driveway or how much you have in your account or the house or subdivision you live in. The most precious thing that you have is your faith. It's precious before God. Verse 6, it says, at midnight, and they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. It says, all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps, and then the five foolish ones asked the others. Here it is, panic has set in. Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. You know, it just tells me right there, you guys, all of us, this is an individual walk with the Lord. Hey, let this sober us up. You cannot, this tells me you cannot live on somebody else's sacrifice. You can't. It's going to cost you. I mean, know that true love, it costs. Having children, nobody has children because they want to have more money in the bank account. I mean, know that it's sacrifice. Being married is sacrifice. Anything that's worth having, anything. Listen, whether it's education, at work, having children, whatever it is, a goal, whatever, anything that's worth having, it's going to cost us. I mean, know that we try to live through life trying to get, and for the most part, trying to not cost us as much as we would like. Come on, we try to skimp on some things. How much is it going to cost? How much time and effort do I have to put in? Man, listen, God was all in. That's what Pastor Jay said. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Man, he sacrificed. You know, I was thinking about this. It cost God something. You know, you think about God could have, could have given all of us something. He could have done that. I mean, like he could have created, but it would have cost us nothing. Think about it. If he had gave us something that was created, a world, or said, hey, I'm going to give you a planet for your own thing, guys, because I want to bless you. Listen, it would still cost God nothing. But he gave the only thing, listen, that was never created but was always with him. He gave what he had only one of, and he gave his son. Sacrifice, listen, true love, it cost us. 
It says, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and then those who were ready went in with him, went in with him to meet to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids, uh, bride, bridesmaids, bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Man, that's, that's, to me, I'm like, God, he's pretty harsh. But I, I really saw the mercy of God. No, the truth of it is, is that they should have been, if they were, that tells me that the master would ready, rather have five who were all in than to have ten that were half-hearted. Think about that. I mean, you know, when you marry somebody, that's who you're marrying. If you're thinking, man, they're 80% in, or I hope, if you're dragging them to church before they get married, you need to understand you're going to be dragging them to church after they get married. Now, you might be saying, oh, God's going to change, or I hope this has happened. But I'm going to tell you, that's foolish thinking. I try to tell my kids, no, you need to know if God's calling you to marry somebody, that person who you marry, right then who you say yes to, that is who you're marrying. And listen, I just think about that, that the truth of it is, is that maybe he wouldn't have, he didn't want to marry somebody that was 80% in because of, how many know that if you're leading people, how many ever led somebody that's only halfway in or 80% in, it just drains from the rest of the group. It's better just cut your losses and take the ones that are with you and just start running. Am I right? But he says this, so you too must keep watch. You too. That's us. That's right now, 2023, you too must keep watch. They were watching then, but we've got to continue to keep watch. It wasn't just saying, hey, watch when this happens. No, he just says, keep watch. Just watching in the morning, watch at night. And how you do that, man, is just by not skimping, just being all in, all the time, every time you can. So I'm going to talk about really just three things. How do I stay wise? How do I stay wise? Now, I'm not talking about how to stay smart. How many of you can be smart and you not be wise? You can be, fool you can be smart and be foolish at the same time. Wise simply says, hey, I'm going to take what I do know and I'm going to bend to apply it to my life. Am I right? If somebody knows what to do but they don't apply it, we call that stupidity <laughs> or foolishness. Number one, don't skimp on what really matters for eternity. Be all in on your time, your touch, and your treasure. Just be all in, you guys, on your time. Listen, that's what the disciples, I understand that we all, we're all busy. But like the disciples, the, the, the one thing, well, other than that they were Jewish, they, they, they made themselves available. You guys, you got to, everybody, the world's going to pull your time, the work, the family, whatever it is, I'm just encouraging you first, man, seek first the kingdom of God. Your touch. Listen, you guys, treasure. You, 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 guys, you guys have gifts, talents. We prayed for it last week. Man, be involved in the dream team. Link arms with other people, other believers, and let's move the kingdom of God forward. Your treasure, your tithe, your offering, all it in. Jesus said this, where your money is, there your what? Treasure is, or your heart is also. There it is. Man, your heart's there. Come on, we want to be all in in everything. And that's not just, but what's, what matters really in eternity. Eternal things. And I'll tell you this, I've done all, we've, we've done tons of marriage counseling. I have noticed this really one thing with men. What gets them into trouble in their marriage 
is they stay, they're, stay married, but they, it, it, it stops costing them. Like, they, it just stops costing them. Like, they're, they're, they start skimping on whether money or time, and their wife now has to feel that she's competing against work or other hobbies or toys or other things. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Man, how I many you know a woman wants to be pursued all the time? And all the ladies said, Yeah, I mean, and I learned that really, I just, I gave up on trying to catch him, to be honest, I catch uh, my wife, because the moment that I think I figured it out, the more she just changes, and I, I tried to do it exactly, y'all know what I'm talking about, but I realized that it's not that she wants to be caught, she just wants to continue to be pursued, she just move on, the moment you think you've caught her, she's going to move on to something else. <laughs> but I mean, I've seen men. You go into their tool sheds, you go into all this, or they'll talk about when they start jobs and they don't do it half-hearted or jerry-rig or anything and all this kind of stuff. They pride themselves in all these kind of things, but they'll jerry-rig their marriage. Or they'll jerry-rig their, their, their walk with the Lord. Uh, I, hey, keep a, keep a good tool shed. That's fine. You can come and fix ours. But man, focus on what matters, what really matters. Now, ladies, I ain't going to let you off. I tried to think about something for ladies. I was like, maybe their shoe rack or something. But then I was like, hey, I said, hey, no wife, don't jerry-rig your makeup. Now, come on, y'all get it. Woo! Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't skip. Ain't nobody skipping on the makeup. Once you start, you ain't jerry-rigging that thing. Now, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say this, men. There's a lot of ladies in here. I need y'all to back me up now. Ladies, hey, that's fine. I, I, but you, don't sit there and, and like be all in and not skimp and take pride in what your makeup and the way you look and all this. But you, listen, you live in a house where you're, there's dishonor toward your husband or, or you're impatient with your children and all that kind of stuff. You need to focus. We got to focus on what really matters for eternity. I'd rather, come on, I'd rather my wife go all natural, and she looks beautiful anyway, but go all natural and honor the kids and honor me and stuff and have a, 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 an environment of peace. Amen? Yeah. Whew, I got through that one, man. That was a tough one. All right, and number... Uh, so the last one, is, uh, no, the second one is let suffering or the long delay do its work. Do its work. Come on, nobody likes suffering. James 1, 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is being tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Come on, that 80% has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your, your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let me know that when you go through suffering, times of trial, you're going to find out whether you were skimping or not. Man, I was thinking about one time, this is the Terry Rig story again. One time I was, uh, we were putting up about 500 feet of chain link fence and uh, we had six acres putting up this fence and I got the book. I did, we didn't have Google, watch a YouTube or nothing like this. It was a book on fence, putting up fence. And, and it's, the instructions said, make sure you put two bags of concrete in the corner post and, you know, and these things. And I'm thinking, and so I started going in. I mean, 500, that's a lot for me, okay, going around. And I started putting in two bags and I'm thinking, my God, that's a lot of concrete. 
My two bags went to a bag and a half. And then it got to one bag on some of them. And I remember my wife, wisdom was calling out, but I wouldn't listen. It sounded just like my wife, but it should have been wisdom calling out. My wife was like, Terry, are you sure that you don't want to follow instructions, what it says? I was like, babe, come on, I got this. Now it looked good on the outside. When I got those poles in concrete and everything, they looked good. They were straight. I'm telling you, it looked amazing and stuff until you started putting pressure on them things. And I'm going to tell you, we started cranking that thing with a come along to, to raise that fence. And I'm going to tell you, when you start raising about 300 foot, 200, 300 feet of fence and starts lining up, I'm telling you, that's a, you don't realize how many thousands of pounds of pressure it takes to stretch that fence. And I remember cranking, I'm thinking, Lord, this is a lot more than I thought it was. Pressure, but listen, I kept cranking, kept cranking in that pressure. And all of a sudden, man, you see all that fence start lying, going up. And I was like, oh yeah, this looks good. And I kept cranking and all of a sudden it started laying back down. <laughs> it's honest truth. Look, I looked down, sure enough, the corner post was just like this laying down. I'm just telling you guys, listen, it, it, everything can look fine on the outside and stuff with your walk with the Lord when you come in and all this stuff. But when the pressure gets put on, when the trials and tribulation, listen, starts coming down and cranking down on life. Look, if we've not built our lives on Jesus Christ and the word of God, I'm telling you, we're going to lean and buckle under the pressure. That's why we have got to be. We've got to be all in because, man, how many know that suffering can come at any moment and any time? And when it happens, I want to be make sure that my life is 100% and my roots have gone down into Jesus Christ so that my life, listen, no matter what happens, though the winds and the waves come, man, I'm still standing strong. Am I right? That's God's heart for us. That's God's heart for you. And the last one is this. We've got to keep the value of Christ in front of us. Man, just the value. How many know that when you see the value of something, man, it didn't matter what my wife wanted. When I was, we were getting married to my wife. Nobody have to tell me like, I wanted to sell everything because the value of my wife marrying her, no, I was all in. Didn't matter what it was going to cost. Listen to what Paul writes. Philippians 3 says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, not only is the value of the death and the resurrection of Christ, the pure love and the sacrifice of the Lamb of God that makes me discard, but he also talked about, he said, the, the intimacy of knowing Christ on a daily basis. How many know that when, as you continue through life and God reveals something to you of who he is and how gracious he is to you, that all of a sudden it makes you want to just like, you can take this world, man, you can have this thing, man. I'm, I'm all, you just give me Jesus. Am I right? Man, I just, that's what he's talking about here. And he says, for his sake, I've discarded everything else, counted it, counted it all as garbage so I could gain Christ and become one with him. Come on, that, isn't that what marriage is? You're becoming what? One. And that's what Paul's right. Listen, we're in the process of becoming one. But just because the master's delayed, it's a time for all of us to make sure that we're all in. We're all in to being married to the son. Uh, uh, I had to... Uh, uh, Sarah gave a powerful testimony of last week and with her daughter and I asked Sarah, I said, Sarah, can you just 
Oh, she's got the crying anointing. It's the same anointing that Pastor Warren has. And, uh, but I mean, it was a powerful testimony of just receiving oil, having the Lord press his presence into you and what it did. And so I want you to share. Um, Thursday night we had service and, you know, Pastor Mark was preaching on the Holy Spirit. And, man, we just lingered in worship for a long time. And uh, as I was lingering, like the presence was just so heavy and um, just really been pressing in for my children because, you know, we can model the love for the Lord so well. You know, they can see us in the Word, but unless they have an encounter with Him, it's not going to sustain them through life. And so I was just crying out for my kids that they would just not only see the power of God, but that they would be filled with the spirit. And so Sunday morning, um, my oldest came in after serving for service and she said, can I sit in service with you? I said, absolutely. And, um, before I came on the altar with the team, I said, make sure you're listening to what the Lord is speaking through Saba, uh, through dad. And, um, you know, we were worshiping, and as worship went on, and um, I, I walked off the altar, she was just over there, and she was just kneeling, and she was weeping. And she wept for hours on and off after. And when we got home, she said, Mom, I didn't know that I could see the power of God at my age. And she said, I didn't know that seeing other people be filled with His Spirit would affect me so much and she just began to weep more and she would go and sit at the piano and play a worship song and then she came back and she said mom why was everyone in such a hurry to leave why didn't they want to stay and why was I the only kid if God wants to touch all of us why didn't everyone want to stay in his presence and of course I began to weep because those of us that have experienced the presence of God we have the same question because once you encounter him, you'll never be the same. And you don't want to do anything without him. You don't want to live without him. You don't want to go to work without him. You don't want to come to church without his spirit. And um, it was just beautiful that she had such a deep encounter that she posed the same question. And I guess I pose the same question to you. Like, where where are we? Like, are we so caught up in being busy and just checking off the marks like the five virgins did. They're like, we have enough. It's enough. And that's my prayer, Lord. I never want to be satisfied. There's a song I love, and there's a line in it that says, when I see your face, I'll wish that I have given had given more away. Because when we see him, everything that we thought was important here isn't going to matter. Yeah. He's the only thing that's, that's going to matter. And so that's good. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Y'all give her a hand. Come on, let's go ahead and let's stand to our feet. Let's stand. Now, I've asked the worship team to come on back up. And, you know, we're just going to take an opportunity, man, just to press into the kingdom of God, man, to come on, to get some more oil. I mean, know that Jaden, that little, how old is Jaden? Nine. I mean, know the Lord had, there's enough oil for, for Jaden, little nine-year-old. Come on, there's more than enough. Listen, there's more than enough. Come on, let's just close our eyes. Come on, let's close our eyes. And come on, this is where we're opportunity. Just be present in the moment. Listen, I know we've got all things to do. Let's just be present, man. Come on, let's just be present. 
And let's press into the kingdom of God. If you, man, whatever it is, we open up the altars on Thursday night. If there's something in your heart, you know, that God's been dealing with you, maybe put an area in your life where you said, hey, this is 80% or maybe some suffering came out and just said, hey, this is where you're at. Come on, we're going to run to the throne of grace to receive help in our time of need. And listen, if you need more oil, you say, I'm going to press into the kingdom of God. I want you to respond to this altar. Just come on up to the front. We're going to have some pastors, leaders pray for you and just say, Lord, this is me. I'm all in. Come on, I'm all in. I'm all in again. And we're going to press in, whether it's at this altar at your seat. But if you say, no, I, I need to move out of my seat. I need to move out. I need to declare I'm all in, Lord. I need help. I'm going to receive grace in our time of need. I just want you to come on up. They're going to play. And then we're going to have some people pray for you. Amen. So just go ahead. Y'all begin to move. If God's stirring you to move, come on, just begin to move. Just come to the altar. Get on your knees. Just say, Lord, I'm all in. Come on, I'm all in. Let's press into the kingdom of God. Let's get some oil. Come on, some of us need to get some oil. you 
You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids too is, you know, just worth too. You know, I'm trying to teach my girls like too, man. (laughs) These guys, you know, these guys that, you know, some of them that think that, you know, my daughter's all beautiful and all this. I'm like, I mean, as as a father, you're like, no, sir, you know, I'm like, you can't even faithfully put on deodorant, son. You, you know? I mean, no, you're real choosy. Come on, as a father, you're like, but I'm trying to teach my kids too, my girls, that, hey, you're worth more than that. And man, it's not just, I, I try to tell them, no, you're worth more than that. I'm just telling you, man, as we continue in the presence of God, oh man, Jesus is worth all glory, all honor, all that we have, all that we can ever give him. Amen. He's worth more. Well, let me pray for him. I bless you. And, and man, y'all enjoy y'all's Thanksgiving. Come on, let's just lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, I'm going to bless you guys. Bless your families. Father, I just thank you for every life, God, every family, Lord, that's represented in this place. God, you know them. God, you know their situation. God, we look to you. You're our provider, God. You are. We look to you, oh God. We don't look to the mountains or look to these other things. We look to you, Jesus. Lord, we come to the throne of grace to receive help in our time of need. Father, I thank you again, Lord. Bless them, God. Bless them physically, financially, God, emotionally, spiritually, God. Surround them, Lord. Surround uh, their family with your favor as God with a shield, oh God. Let them know that they're a king's kid, that they're the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath, that they're the light of the world, a city on a hill called by God. And we're going to inherit a kingdom, Lord, that will never end. We keep our eyes on eternity. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, and everybody said, amen Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Y'all enjoy y'all's Thanksgiving.